This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 12. Are you a perfectionist, a people pleaser, or an overachiever? I used to be, and I thought that it was something to be proud of until I realized that I was shrinking away from my gifts and dulling my sparkle when trying to measure up to perfection. Then finally, one day, I realized that perfection doesn't exist. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. My heart is to share my experiences and lessons that I have learned about life, about being a wife, and about the many adventures in marriage. So each week on the show, we will have real conversations intended to help cultivate your heart as a wife by preparing you to be a wife, becoming a better wife, and staying encouraged as a wife. Today, I am talking about perfectionism, people-pleasing, and personal pity parties, (laughs) how they affect your confidence, your marriage, and your overall quality of life. Where did we learn about perfectionism, about people-pleasing, about overachieving, and even personal pity parties? Well, guess what, ladies? It all started from when you were a little girl. You would never think that we learned about perfectionism or we learned how to be a people pleaser, but we did. So how it all took place or how it all happened is God created you out of his perfect love. He created you out of his truth. And what happened is when you were a little girl, circumstances, situations, experiences that you had corrupted that truth. And what it did is it redefined the truth for you. So for example, if God has, he created you out of his truth, he created you out of his love, it was unconditional. But when you were a little girl, you had an experience where love was conditional, where you experienced from the people that you loved most, the people that you looked up to, the people that you innately expected to love you unconditionally. And what entered into your heart was rejection. What entered into your heart was, through that rejection, was that you were not good enough, that you were bad, or that something that you did, you interpreted from their reaction, their behavior, their punishment, the experience that you had with them is that if you were not perfect, then you couldn't be loved or that they wouldn't love you deep breath in. That may be a huge aha moment for some of you because it's something that we never really confronted or we never really maybe even had the words to explain. But if especially situations like where there were not two parents in the household, if you did not grow up with your father or you did not grow up with your mother, but you had, 
you were waiting for them. You had, you were expecting them to come pick you up for a visit or to come see you. And then they never showed up. Right? So guess what enters in? Abandonment, rejection, that you can't depend on people, you can't trust people. And this is innate. This is even without you even realizing what's going on. These things are corrupting the truth of who God, how the truth of how you see life, the truth of who you are, it totally starts to corrupt it. And then for if I'll give you an example for me, I grew up in Denver, Colorado initially until I was about seven. And then I went to Los Angeles, California, and then into went moved into moved to Santa Barbara, California. Now in Santa Barbara, California, there are I grew up around people who did not look like me. So that was my experience that I looked very different from the majority of people around me. And, you know, there was, I was trying to find a commonality. I needed to find something that made me feel like I belonged. So I didn't feel like I belonged. I felt like I, because even in the conversations that I would have with people, they would say things like, wow, she's beautiful to be so dark. Or I've never seen a beautiful dark girl before. Or wow, She's pretty to be so dark or so or so black. And I know many of you may have may relate to that, maybe not with color, but maybe with with height or size or, you know, the hair length or, you know, there's a or maybe you weren't you were classified as not being as smart as other people. It doesn't matter what it is. The bottom line is that it was a negative experience that you had when you were a child that has affected the way you see life and the way you see yourself. And this is huge, ladies, because oftentimes these negative experiences have now, not only have they sown this seed of, of perfectionism, they have sown a seed of people-pleasing, They've sown a seed of even, and what these seeds have even evolved into are personal pity parties. That's what we're talking about today. And we're just going to get really real. You guys already know, I don't want to sugarcoat the reality of what's going on. Anything that I can share with you that I've experienced in my life that I've really learned from, that God has really brought me through, I'm wanting to share that with you each and every time that I can. And this is a big one for me, a big, big, big one. I am a recovered people pleaser, a recovered people pleaser. It took many, many, many years for me to work on these negative experiences that I had when I was little to really renew my mind and really learn about who God said I was and who God created me to be. But I was not able to even get to that place before identifying the negative experiences that I had as a child. And the biggest, most blaring one for me was my skin color and my size, because again, I grew up around women who didn't look like me. So even I was probably in middle school, moving into high school, I was a size seven, eight, but my best friends were double zeros. So to me, that was my real life experience. And, you know, one of the things that 
really, if you can say to yourself, oh, you know, I, I think I do have some perfectionism in me, or I think I might have a little bit of people pleasing in me. And do you, when I say personal pity parties, I'm really talking about negative thoughts, negative thoughts about yourself, negative thoughts about your life. And if you can say yes to one or all three of those, I really want you to pay attention and and really try to place yourself in what it is that I'm saying, because I really believe that this can help you, that, that this could really bring some, some insight, some aha moments to why you may even be still stuck there, okay? So perfectionism, the what enters in when you have an experience or a negative experience in your life where you now feel like you are not good enough. You've done something where you've interpreted Whoever that closest person is to you, you've interpreted their behavior, their reaction, their response, their interaction with you as negative because you're not good enough or you didn't do a good enough job or you didn't please them or they were not pleased for whatever reason. This is where perfectionism and people pleasing can enter in very, very quickly. And so as a result of perfectionism and people pleasing entering into your mind, into your heart, into the seed of your DNA, guess what it breeds? It breeds comparison. It's so, so, oh man, I cannot begin to tell you guys how I've been coaching for over 15 years and I've coached numerous women from um, from the stage where I'm speaking to one-on-ones, one-on-one coaching to groups. And comparison is a huge issue among my sisters. Like comparison from whether you're comparing yourself with a woman that you're looking at in a magazine to someone that you're looking on the TV screen, the movie screen, the, you know, social media has been, oh my goodness, this is a who a stomping ground for comparison. It's like comparison, it just breeds comparison social media because everyone puts forth, of course, their their best life, their best foot forward. Some people even blatantly lie about their life and what it looks like on social media to what? Because they have the this issue of perfectionism, of people pleasing, and they desire approval. And so this, the comparison... And I love the saying, and you've probably heard this before, but comparison is the thief of joy or comparison is the enemy of joy. Comparison is always, always, always going to rob you of your joy. And as a recovered people pleaser, you and perfectionist, you have got to stop what you're doing right now when it comes to comparing, when you feel that comparison just rise up on the inside of you and you start subtly, even in your mind, beating yourself up a little bit. You're comparing yourself. (sighs) You know, that, that disappointment, that heaviness that you feel in your heart. If, you know, for me, it's been from, especially as an entrepreneur, I started out as an entrepreneur, brand new entrepreneur with many people. We've had similar business coaches and they're, they're, Careers have taken off to six, seven figures, and yours is still kind of 
staying in the same place or, you know, even comparison with, with marriage, with your relationship where, you know, you've got your girlfriend and of course you're going to talk about the things that you, you know, things that you're dealing with and that you're in your relationship and you're just so excited about your man, right? But then you find out that your girlfriend's man is taking her to dinner every night, bringing her flowers every day, um, sweeping her off your feet, off of her feet. And you're like, wow, well, mine doesn't do that. My husband doesn't do that. Or my boyfriend or my fiance doesn't do that. And then guess what? Bing, comparison starts to enter in. And then what happens? Then this, this perfectionism blanket jumps on you, on your relationship, on your man. And without even knowing that you've now put this perfectionism blanket on your man and your expectation is that for them to be perfect. Well, let me tell you, ladies, perfection does not exist. Unfortunately, I probably had to live for decades before I realized that perfectionism doesn't exist. The only thing, the only person that can ever be perfect is Jesus. That is it. The only one. So guess what? We are trying to be perfect and it's something and it's, it's, it's a destination that we can never, ever, ever achieve in life ever, ever. So if we're trying to be perfect, we're trying to achieve this perfection status, it won't ever exist. We will never, ever be perfect enough. We can never be perfect enough. And so one of the things that I guess I want to kind of give you a couple things is one, when if you struggle or if you know that perfection is Perfectionism is something that you even desire, something that you even subconsciously in your mind want to achieve. I want you to recognize that. I want you to point it out. I want you to write it down and say and and really say to yourself, write down that comparison is the enemy of my joy, that I can never be perfect. Jesus is the only one that can be perfect ever. He is perfect. I can never be perfect. And so when you recognize that you are comparing yourself, comparing your marriage, comparing your business, comparing your body, comparing your intellect, comparing your skin color, comparing the length of your hair, comparing your body, immediately stop comparing. Recognize it, even if you need to say it out loud, excuse me, that I... I need to stop. Oh, I'm comparing immediately. Stop comparing and start celebrating yourself immediately. This is something that I had to do. I had to practice every single time because it was bad, especially with social media. Oh my goodness. I there, and I know many friends and, and even clients who have had to get off social media because the comparison was too overwhelming. And what what happens is when you recognize that you are comparing, you stop it and you start celebrating yourself immediately, it resets your mind or it resets your perspective, so to speak. So like I was saying earlier, when you have these negative experiences in your young life that really have, they've sown a seed and really compared or, or not compared, but shaped 
how you see the world and how you see yourself, what happens now is these negative experiences place a filter over your perspective. So I want you to visualize this. You have a negative experience. So mine was where people always seemed shocked that there were pretty dark-skinned women or girls in the world because it was constant. I constantly had this this conversation and, oh, wow, you're pretty to be so dark. I've never seen a pretty dark girl before. And so this filter now that was placed over my perception and perspective of the world and myself, now I'm looking for evidence that the lie that is this now filter because the filter is a lie, because it's not the truth of who God created me to be. So this filter, which is the lie, I'm looking for evidence now in the world that that truly validates this filter, which is the lie. So now I'm looking for evidence that, oh, wow, I am pretty to be dark. Or, wow, I am pretty for a dark girl. That Now I'm looking for evidence for that. I'm going to give you another example where there, let's say, you're a young lady and you've had your very first experience with a man, um, your first guy that you've ever started dating, he cheats on you. Okay. Negative experience. And so now this filter that has dropped into your psyche, dropped into your perception and perspective of the world and yourself is that all men cheat. That's a lie. All men do not cheat, but now you're looking for evidence that that lie is true. So now guess what? Your, your thoughts, your, we're going to talk about your thoughts in a minute, but your thoughts, the, your focus, the energy that you are now manifesting as you are attracting men to you who cheat because you are looking for evidence that all men cheat. So now these women who have boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend who cheat, 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 it's because you've never addressed the the ex- negative experience that you had as a young person. You never addressed the filter, which is the lie. You never addressed them. So now you're just continuing to take another lap. You're continuing to repeat the, the, the negative experience because you are looking for evidence that the negative experience, the lie, the filter is real. Oh my gosh. I hope ladies, you are getting this. I hope you are getting this because it has completely changed my life. It has changed my life. So perfectionism, people pleasing and personal pity parties, they enter in because of a negative experience that you had in your young life. And I know you don't even know it. So when you, when comparison enters in, because you, you're really only a people pleaser if you um, have had an experience where you didn't feel like you were good enough, where that was the interpretation that you had of the negative experience in your life that I'm not good enough, or there was some level of rejection. Okay. So when now come that comparison, whenever comparison comes up, even if you didn't have a negative, even if you're not a perfectionist or a people pleaser, but comparison comes up because nine times out of 10, if you're a female, nine times out of 10, it does. Okay. So whatever in whatever area it comes up, immediately start celebrating yourself. 
I don't know what that is for you, but what makes you feel fabulous? What makes you feel amazing? What is something that you can do that celebrates you and who God has created you to be? It has to be very conscious. It has to be very intentional. It has to be a decision that you make immediately when you start comparing yourself to other people, when you're comparing your body to other women's bodies, stop it, stop it, stop it, and start celebrating your body. I'm so grateful for my body. It has birthed three healthy children. That is a cell, something to celebrate, that your body carries you everywhere you go, that your body is, um, that your skin is soft and smooth. That's a blessing. I was, um, Putting, I, I love my skincare regimen. I'm, I digress a little bit, but I love my skincare regimen. And I, um, so I just love the fact that my skin looks healthy and it looks, and it looks younger than it is in reality, but it is something that I celebrate. And because when you start comparing yourself, what happens is you stop honoring who God has created you to be. And when I realized that it made my heart sad that when I start comparing myself to someone else, that I stop honoring who God has created me to be. And you are doing the same thing. When you start comparing yourself, your marriage, your business, your bank account, your children, your body to other people. You stop honoring those things that God has given you. Think about it. Breathe. Right. You start measuring yourself against a measuring stick that isn't even a measuring stick for you. Right. You start measuring yourself against someone that has a totally different body type than you or has a totally different journey than you. God said, I hold the plans that I have for you. He said, I knew you even before you were in your mother's womb. So guess what? We are all different. All of our plans are different. All of our journey is different. So why is comparison so hard? Why? Because it's the enemy of joy. The enemy uses comparison to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And for some people, if we give that our power to comparison, it the enemy is winning. He literally is stealing, killing, and destroying our life. And it starts with zapping the joy out of our life. So you're, do what makes you feel fabulous. And because your gifts will serve whatever gift that you have. If you're you know, an entrepreneur, if you are a mom, a wife, a, a businesswoman, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but you, God has given you gifts in those areas. Each one of those areas specifically has given you gifts. And those gifts are designed to serve those they are designed for those they are created to serve. So your gift as a wife was created and designed to serve your husband. Hello. Your specific gifts as a mother was specifically designed to serve your children, whether it's one, whether it's 10, whether it's 50, 15, it doesn't matter. Your, your gifts were designed specifically to serve your children. And so I really worked very diligently, very 
intently, very specifically around this one area of comparison because I did being a people pleaser and a perfectionist is exhausting. It's exhausting because you're always you're never ever happy with you. You're never happy with where you are. You're never happy with what you have. You're constantly wanting more. You're constantly wanting better. You're never ever you're constantly grumbling and and unhappy because you're trying to achieve something that will that you can never achieve. You're trying to get something that you can never get. This perfectionism and being a people pleaser is like, oh my gosh, because you're jumping in and out of being being genuinely and sincerely who God has created you to be because you are looking for affirmation, you're looking for validation, you're looking for approval from all of these other people. So you just can't even be who God has created you to be because you you desire to be something that somebody else wants you to be. Woo. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. So it's really important about staying focused, staying focused on your gifts, your gifts, your specific gifts. What makes you unique? What makes you special? What makes you perfectly the way God has created you to be, right? What are those gifts? What are those unique characteristics, qualities, and and this your personal sparkle what is that stay focused on your purpose because comparison always 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 will pull you off track okay so the next one i wanted to address that has helped me tremendously in not being a perfectionist and a people pleaser and really just just rolling around and relishing in my personal pity parties <laughs> is defining what's good enough for me, right? We're looking for what's good enough for other people because this is the negative experience that we've had, right? So when we had a negative experience as a young person, then, and we interpreted whatever that negative experience was as that we are not good enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not smart enough. We're not tall enough. We're not whatever enough, right? Guess what? Guess who defines what is good enough? God, he created you and everything that God does is good. Everything, including you, including the way he created you, including the way he designed your body, including the way he designed your mind, including the way he designed your life. It's good enough And so we have got to get really specific about whatever those areas that you are struggling in that where there's some negative thoughts around them, whether it's your body or your, your marriage, your husband, your children, um, your job, whatever it is, get specific and really start looking at what does God say about those things? Okay. Get specific because now You're not, you don't want to use measuring, a measuring stick from anyone else, any other person in your life. You do not want to use their measuring stick of what's good enough ever, 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 right? God defines what's good enough. 
he defines. And so you've got to really get clear on what in your mind, in your subconscious, in your heart, what is it that you, what is your definition of what good enough is? You know, have you adopted the, the corrupted truth from the person that you had this negative experience with? Have you adopted their negative definition of what good enough is? You know, we all know people who are, who have made decisions to go into careers that they hated, that they never even were interested in because their mom or dad said that this is what they should do, right? So they have adopted that truth that they were not good enough being an artist or a dancer or a um, graphic designer, but they had to, they would only, they were only going to be good enough in life. They were only going to succeed in life if they were a doctor, if they were a lawyer, if they were an engineer, but they hate it. It's because they've adopted that truth, which is that, which is a lie to them. It's all about getting specific. What is for you? What, what defines what is good enough for you? Not what everybody else in the world wants, but between you and God, what is it that's good enough for you? It is this, this isn't a lifelong journey. It feels like for me because I've, I feel like because the people pleaser gene may rise its ugly head at times, because again, I'm a recovered people pleaser. However, there are times when I feel it come up and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. What is my truth? God, what is, what do you say about this situation? What do you say about me? What do you say about my body or my, or whatever circumstance that I'm really struggling with? I literally go to God and ask him, okay, what do you say about this? And then, um, I, that is where I align and I really have to stay in, in just commun- not only communication, but in constant interaction with the truth. And I have to, you know, I'm going to give you guys a really good example where I literally bought into the truth that I was not pretty, that I was not beautiful, that I was not beautiful or pretty because of my my weight, my size, or my, and my skin color. And I believed this for decades, 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 decades. And it took intentional and one, an intentional decision because I was exhausted from believing it because there was something in my spirit that I knew that it was a lie, but it was just easier to believe because everyone told me everyone had said, Oh, wow, you're pretty to be so dark. So I was like, Oh, I must be. And so I believed that lie for many years. And it wasn't until I started being very intentional to re to really renew the definition. And the only way that I was able to renew the definition was by going to the truth. And God said that I am beautifully and wonderfully made. His works are wonderful. I know that full well. And I had to say that scripture over and over and over and over Psalm 139 over and over, over and over and over and over. And there were days when I would, I just hated myself and I had to say it over again. Sometimes I would say that scripture 200 times a day. 
Sometimes it would be two times. Sometimes it would be 20 times, but I was just, I just stayed there and I just renewed my mind around the, my perspective, my perception and my perspective about me, about my body, about my skin color, about my body size, my weight. And I had to park there and continue to, to speak God's word over my situation until he changed it. And the great news about it is he did. He changed it. I no longer think that I'm beautiful to be so dark. I'm just beautiful, period. Hello. <laughs> like, and I know there are numerous things in your life that you need to do the same thing for. You need to identify what those things are, get into God's word, find out what does God say and write it out. I had it on my mirror. I had it on my, the dashboard of my car. I had it in my organizer. And every time I saw it, I said it. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You've got to say it out loud. You don't think it, you say it out loud. The power of life and death is in your tongue. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your Lord, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. I praise you, Lord, right? Because your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So I say that over and over and over and over again. And I realized, oh, I woke up one morning and I wasn't saying it as frequently because he was renewing my mind. One of the things that I learned along my spiritual journey is that God always responds to his word, always, always. So any situation that you're in, you can always speak God's word over it. You can speak God's word to it and he will always respond always. Now, the thing is, is like, we want him to respond immediately, right? Like he's some magician, but he will always respond to his word always. So remember that whatever the situation is, if it's your finances, if it's your, your marriage, your singleness, your children, speak God's word. It's truth. And it, his truth brings life to whatever situation that you're dealing with. Okay. And the last one is you have to stop the negative thinking. Personal pity parties has everything to do with negative thinking. Everything to do with negative thinking. And this is just a byproduct of the perfectionism and the, and the people pleasing. Is that we're just, it's just, it's just part of this, the, the journey, right? If you feel like there was a situation in your life where, you felt like you weren't good enough for your mom, for your dad, for your coach, for your teacher, for your friend, for your boyfriend, for your girlfriend, whatever. It was like, oh, I wasn't, I'm not good enough. So boom, negative thoughts immediately start entering in. If you feel like, oh, you had to be someone else to receive love, to get approval or to gain approval or validation or affirmation. Hello, people pleasing negative thoughts. You're beating yourself up, right? Just because you're, you don't, you don't feel good enough. This is this, the negative seed that is entered in because of the experience that you've had. So for every one negative thought, one, one negative thought, it takes 12 positive thoughts to cancel out the one negative. So Here we go again, where the enemy is using negative thoughts in your mind to steal, kill, and destroy every time, every time. So again, it's about learning how to renew your mind, 
how to renew your mind with positive thoughts. You've got to combat that negative thought with the positive thought. What is wonderful about you? What is special and unique about you? What can you celebrate about you right now? Because the negative thinking, it will completely overtake you if you do not get a handle on it. It will completely overwhelm you and disappointment will take root. Murmuring and complaining and just grumbling will overtake you. Focus on where you are right now. The mental movies, the the negative mental movies will ruin your mind. I've learned and I really am believing that you will learn how to take captive every single negative thought, command them to go. You take every thought captive and place it under the submission of Jesus Christ because they have no right to be in your mind. And they have, again, speak you have to speak out loud. You got the power of life and death is in your tongue. So you have to speak God's word over your situation out loud. Don't think it, speak it because you have the power to create what you want. There is great power in your thoughts, ladies, great power. And we've got to get our thoughts, our words, and our actions in alignment. Okay. Because what happens when we get our thoughts, our words, and, and actions in alignment, They manifest whatever it is that we're thinking, whatever it is that we're speaking, whatever it is that we're doing, it manifests. That is a principle. That's a spiritual principle. God created just that, that alignment to manifest. So when we are thinking that I am beautifully and wonderfully made, I'm thinking this in my mind. I praise you, Lord, your works are wonderful. I know that full well, right? So I'm in my mind, I'm beautiful. I'm closing my mind, my eyes, and I am believing I am beautiful. And I'm saying it out loud. I am beautiful. And so my actions align with that. So I am wearing things that make me feel beautiful. I am walking with confidence and people are now, I'm now attracting. Wow. You're so beautiful. Thank you. Right. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I just, Um, do pray and hope that you practice this. I want you to try it. I would love for you to just, just try it. Identify the, the experience in your life, the incident, the, the situation or circumstance that broke your heart. What is it? Don't run away from it anymore. Don't avoid it anymore. Confront it confront it because we're going to deal with it. Okay. Cool. So confront, where did life break your heart? Confront it, identify it. Okay. And then when you identify it, I want you to ask yourself, what did you tell yourself as a result of the incident? So my incident was, oh, you're pretty to be so dark. You're pretty for a dark girl. I told myself that was true that, wow, I must, I must not be pretty. That's what I told myself that in rejection and I'm not good enough, all of that just kind of flooded in. Right. And so that is the truth that I believed for so many years and I didn't even know it. I didn't even realize that that's what my thinking was about myself until the people pleasing got so exhausting that I just couldn't do it one more day. I couldn't people please one more day. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It was probably about 30 And I was like, I am not going to do this anymore. I was changing 
morphing into who somebody else wanted me to be. And when there were a couple people in the room, it was driving me crazy. And so identify what that is, confront it. What did you tell yourself as a result of that negative experience? And what's the lie? What is the lie? Identify the lie. And I want you to go to God's word and, and look up, even if it's the opposite. Okay. So if mine was rejection, then I'm looking for acceptance, right? What does God say about acceptance? Start reading his word. There's going to be something that's going to jump off the pages. That's going to resonate with you. And then you just stay there. You just start reading and, and confessing and speaking it over your life. Okay. Over and over and over again until it manifests until everything aligns, your thoughts, your words, your actions. Okay. Um, because I desire for you to experience the unconditional love that God intended for you, that he is, he's created you out of, he created you to experience this unconditional love for yourself. He designed you to, and created you to experience unconditional love from him, from others. This is how he created all of us to, to live in the body of Christ where we love one another unconditionally. It do, does, is that, or does that, do we experience that? A lot of us know, but can we be the one can we be the change we want to see in the world? Yes, we can be the change we want to see in the world by loving other people unconditionally, by loving ourselves unconditionally, loving our children unconditionally, our husband, our girlfriends, our mom, our dad, you know, even if they've offended us, even if they've hurt us to really have a heart's desire to love them unconditionally the way God does. It's a, it's an, a beautiful goal to, to have, and we can only do it through God's help. We can only do it through him who lives on the inside of us really. So ladies, I just, this was just a passion, a passionate, um, topic for me that I wanted to share and I pray that it blessed, it blessed your heart, that there were some aha moments, some revelation, and um, that you really, that God really ushered in some breakthrough, that now you, you know where to start, you know where to go, and uh, that we will no longer be perfectionists because it doesn't exist. We are now going to be, be recovered people pleasers, because we're not pleasing people. That's not what the goal of our life is. It's not to please people. It's to be pleasing to God. And that the negative thoughts, the negative thinking stops today. It stops today because we're going to stop with the comparing. We're going to stop with the negativity immediately and start celebrating who we are. Start celebrating who God has created us to be immediately Take authority over those negative thoughts and move into God's truth. I love you, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, ladies, for listening to today's podcast on perfectionism, people-pleasing, and personal pity parties. I so appreciate you listening and sharing this with others, and I would really love to hear from you and how this episode has encouraged you in your own personal journey. 
So please shoot me an email at hello at mrschristyjones.com or you can go to my website at mrschristyjones.com. I also want to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom Podcast. Remember, every single Monday, we ups- we upload a new episode by 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And because we have some awesome, new, really cool programs literally around the corner, I want to invite you ladies to come to join bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash join wife wisdom to get on the list to be notified because you will not want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Also, if you are you are an iPhone user and you listen to our podcast on iTunes, would you mind rating and reviewing us? You can also subscribe to the Wife Wisdom Podcast while you're there. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I pray and hope that you were encouraged, inspired, and supported as you cultivate your own heart as a wife. Love you, ladies. I'll see you next week. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.